0: Welcome to the Girl on Top, Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Today, we're going to be talking about catty girls, non-technical cheating, married men, and true love on the first date. Just a reminder, if you want to chat with me privately, head to my website, shallonlester.com and click get help. Also be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at ShalinXO where I let you vote on the next YouTube topic. Welcome back, Shalloners. Well, before we begin, I want to do what we did last episode and just take a minute to get our mind in the right place to receive a message. So I want you to take a deep breath into the nose and out through the mouth. One more. In through the nose and out through the mouth. Drop your shoulders, unclench your jaw, take your tongue off the roof of your mouth, and just let your mind open up and be. And now we're ready to wake the mighty women. All right, so our first question comes from Gigi, and she had messaged me before about this, and this is kind of a follow-up. And by the way, probably should have set this up top. If you have a love question or something you wanna talk about with me privately, you can go to my new website, shallonlester.com, and click help, and I get back to you in about 48 hours. It's really fun, I'd love to talk to you guys. Okay, so Gigi was like, she hooked up with this guy who she knew like going into it was not a good dude, but her friend was like, oh my gosh, no, go for it. And then she starts to insert herself in the situation, like, has this really shady situation. Basically, her friend hooked up with her fuckboy. And she's like, I'm just, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you need to cast both of them out of your life. This girl is clearly not your friend. She pushed you into the situation with someone who, on some level, she knew was a douchebag. Either, you know, she just didn't care what was going to happen to you, or she just wanted the drama. And since there wasn't enough drama unfolding, she wanted to create some and hook up with him. And that's not somebody you need in your life. So Gigi's question was like, okay, well we're all in the same group of friends. So I don't know if I should not include myself in nights out, going for coffee, stuff like that, because more than likely one or both of them will be there. But I can't really bring myself to just pass them and like make polite conversation. And if I speak up, I'm gonna be made out to be crazy. So what do I do? So this is my question for her. Crazy to who? Like, if that is what you think your friends will brand you as when you're like, hey, I don't want to be around someone who has deeply hurt me, then that kind of says it all, right? Like, you definitely, definitely do not need to put yourself around toxic people, the friend, the fuckboy, or these other people, just to keep the peace. Friendship should not ever cost us our dignity. That isn't actual friendship. That might be a clique, like a popular group, a crew, I know that if you've been in a sorority, you understand what I mean. Like you're going to have to like do things to be in the group that you're not comfortable with. And like, why? If that is the price tag on being friends with people, you can't speak your truth. You can't set any boundaries, nothing like that. Then these aren't our friends at all. So tell people privately in a neutral non-drama way, you know, not when you're all gassed up about this, but when the dust is settled that, you know what? I just don't want to be around her. I can't trust her. And honestly, it goes so much further beyond this guy and that saga, it's it's her, you know? And I'm not blaming her for him being a fuck boy, but there's things that she's done that have demonstrated to me that I just, I can't trust her and she's not my friend. And like, you know, if she's a friend to you, that's great, that's fine. Like I'm not asking anyone to choose sides at all. So she's gonna be someplace that I will not be. And it does, again, nobody has to choose sides. It doesn't have to be drama. It just is what it is. And if people do try to make a drama, they're sending screenshots back and forth. They're like, whoa, Gigi, you're being crazy. Oh, thank you for self-identifying as a douchebag and a toxic friend. Guess what, bitch, you're out too. Like, it's important for us to walk in the light of the truth, right? I say that all the time. And there is no better way to do that than to give people enough rope to hang themselves. Give them enough room to reveal their motives. If you're cleaning house, clean it all the way. If you're trimming dead ends, trim all of them because it's so, so much better to be like a little bit lonely, but feeling sad in service of like making new friends and getting out there and again, walking in the light of that truth about the people who are in your life than to be surrounded by fakes who keep you in a toxic place. This question comes from Julie and she said, oh my God, I've met the love of my life. What is my next move? So she said, we met on Bumble and we hit it off immediately. I know, I know. We're going with it. So he called and we chatted for over an hour before meeting up. We texted for about a week and then he asked me to a concert. He picked me up and later I found out he drove like five total hours that night just to hang out with me. We had an amazing time. When he dropped me off, he asked to hang out again just that same weekend he drove to me again and we had another amazing time we talked about his last relationship of four years that just ended four months ago he's everything I want in a guy and our conversations were never dull I cannot afford to mess this up how do I play this so once again I'm going to answer a question with a question I'm curious why you think you're going to mess this up Like that to me is the biggest red flag that you think you, quote, can't afford to mess this up. Uh, why not? Yep. You sure, you sure can. Yes, you can. Why? Because that mindset tells me that number one, you don't trust yourself. And that is based on not knowing yourself and even worse, not liking what you do know. You know? So it's like, you can't, I can't predict my behavior. I'm an out of control asshole. Like, no, you're not. I actually might be that, but I know myself and I like myself. So it's like, if I got really drunk, I know what I'm going to do. Or I know how to prevent something like that. Do you know what I mean? And number two, it tells me you're making fear-based decisions, right? And number three, most importantly, you're basically desperate for this to work because of some sort of like thing you're hoping he saves you from. You're maybe stagnancy in your career, maybe feeling normal that everybody else you know is married with kids. Maybe you are still wounded over an ex and you just don't wanna deal with this anymore. But there's something, because this kind of like white knuckled, he's the love of my life. Girl, no, he ain't. Two dates, you don't know jack shit about him. First of all, you were at concerts. People don't do a lot of talking at concerts, okay? Everything you know about him are things he has allowed you to know. He is just a man. He is not a god. And these dates, all first dates, they're just, they're peaks under the hood. They're peaks under the hood. He could be rude to waitresses. He could poop in the shower. You don't know. It takes months, if not years, to fully know someone. So don't, like, mythologize this guy and tell yourself he is this catch. Because if you do, you're going to miss red flags out of, basically, desperation. You know? It's like, this has to work. Why? Why does this have to work? You know? So you need to start at the place where it's like, what am I hoping this guy's gonna save me from? Like I said, because we can't be half of a whole if we don't know what half we are. We can't contribute to a healthy, stable relationship if basically there's this emotional getaway car. And I do have to say, I see a red flag in him. His last relationship ended very very recently, I am still wearing the same clothes I was four months ago. That's when you know something is recent. When you're still in flip flops and he was still in flip flops when they broke up, this is too soon. You know, four years is basically a marriage. It is. And if he's trying to be already like all in on you, that could be because he wants to take what I call the girlfriend equivalency exam. Like, so he can go from like a level 10 where he left off with her, to a level 10 with you and not start the dating process at a level one, which is appropriate. And look, when we get out of long relationships, none of us want to do that. It's like, Jesus Christ, a first date, I have to hear about your sisters and your dog. What do you do for a living? It's exhausting. It is. It's foundation building, you know, and no one wants to think that they built this house and then it it just collapses and you got to start all goddamn over again. But if a guy does have that mentality, and look, way more guys have it than girls, they they're weak and they're lazy. That's men. This is who we have to date ladies. But if they have that mentality, he is going to be putting things into hyperdrive because he doesn't want to be alone. So he's going to be like, I want to see you every day for a week. I want to have 10,000 hours of deep talks. He wants to go straight to final jeopardy. You know what I mean? So it's going to be important here that if you really do want this to work out and like, look, he might be your true love, I don't know, like maybe you guys just have this once in a lifetime connection, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you have to go with this breakneck speed and that it has to work. So step back, evaluate your motives and then you can evaluate his in a more neutral way because you're going to know yourself and you're going to like yourself and you're not going to see a guy as a savior. You're going to see him as a compliment to your life as the parsley on the plate, you, your life, your hobbies, your goals, your interests, your motivations. That's the big steak on the plate. He's the potatoes au gratin at best, you know, then you can evaluate the real connection, see if it's there. And most importantly, see if it's healthy. Lisa sent this next message she said I'm 27 I'm dating a 33 year old guy for about seven months officially and I recently found out he'd messaged an ex who cheated on him three years ago saying I miss your face and he would always like love her and like and like they kept it casual on snapchat they had contact and he claimed that you know this was for himself and he just needed closure since they never talked after they broke up by the way, girls, side note, I feel like this is exactly the way to dump an ex and keep them obsessed with you. You just have to stop talking to them. Anyway, back to this. Back to the question. So this weekend though, I found flirty messages to a different girl during our like four day break. Like we went on like a break for a week after this whole ex drama. And I found he was messaging some other chick. He said he was pissed and he messed up, but like, am I overreacting? He didn't technically cheat on me. And during my search, I didn't really find anything else out about him. But this still really hurts. So no, you are not crazy by feeling wounded by non-technical cheating. The heart doesn't work on technicalities. We're not a robot. We're not a lawyer. And it's not hurt that you're just feeling. It's your gut telling you that number one, where there's smoke, there's fire. This is all you've caught him doing digitally. This is nothing of what he's been doing IRL. And number two, crimes escalate. No guy wakes up one day and is like, I'm going to go cheat on my girlfriend today. It starts small small DMs, innocuous messages. I'm just gonna download Tinder and take a look. And we overlook those red flags because first of all, they beg us to do that. And also because we don't wanna believe the writing on the wall, we don't, we love somebody. And look, sometimes things really do stop there. But you might not wanna put yourself in the position where you have to find out. A relationship is supposed to be rest. It's supposed to be that emotional safe place to fall. And if you don't know who he is when you're not looking, how can it be so i'm a big believer in giving a guy a huge dose of what they think they want i have been where you are and i decided to overlook red flags in the past to my own peril and knowing what i know now i will tell you to take a step back oh he wants to talk to him next cool great go for it dude call her up go have sex go to hawaii for two weeks you don't need to wait around what he figures his life out he wants to explore other options great sometimes it's important to let people feel the weight of their consequences If he wants to go see what's out there, let him feel what that really looks like. This question is from Becca. She said, my BFF and I are 22. We met at NYU and we both live in the city. We work at magazines. She's a writer and I do social media. Her career has skyrocketed in 18 months, so she works constantly and has new older writer friends and a boyfriend. I'm adding that for myself, that's not how she wrote it. I befriended them, but I'm not really part of the group. I'm lucky if I see her once a month now, but the worst is that she hates texting. She has anxiety, so she always has her phone on do not disturb. For example, I texted her plans on Wednesday, followed up on Saturday. It's now Sunday and I haven't heard back. She tells me I'm too good for guys who ignore me, yet she does it constantly. So what do I do here? So I think it's interesting that she brought up the point about how like friends are like, oh my God, you're too good for a guy who ignores you. And they do exactly that. It's like, sometimes we forget that we as friends have to be setting a good example in our lives for our friends. It's like, oh, he flaked on you. How dare he? Oh, also I know I should be in an Uber, but I'm not coming. It's like, we do that too. And so... That is a that is a really good note. Like, look around at your friendships and see if they mirror some of your more irksome romantic experiences. And if they do, maybe it's time to, like, rethink the friendship. But overall on this, yes, I think Becca's right to be peeved. I smell BS. I call shenanigans. Like, okay, you live in New York City, the apex of neurotic behavior, and yet you're too anxious to text somebody? Like... If you guys don't live in New York city, that probably doesn't mean anything to you, but if you do, you're like, yeah, girl, that's bullshit. New York is just like an unbelievable cesspool of things that make you crazy. And like your friends are the touchstone of sanity. You know, like if you can't handle a text message, you are going to wash out of this city. Like that is like level one anxiety producing behavior. Like level 10 is like the subway, you know, it's just, there's just so much. and. Also, let's talk about you have a boyfriend who ostensibly you speak to more than once a month, yet you can't keep in touch with your friend. Like what? So this tells me that there's some bullshit here. I would sit her down and redefine the nature of your friendship. Come at her from a place of hurt and not accusations. This is the script. I really miss our friendship and I'm so excited about your career and your boyfriend and everything that's happening. But I really do feel sort of pushed by the wayside. I get it if you don't like to text, but to ignore me for days is really hurtful. And like, come on, we all know that you look at your phone more than twice a week. Like, come on. So I want us to find a middle ground that works for both of us because right now this is definitely not working for me because she doesn't get to play the anxiety card like, oh, it doesn't make you special. And it's also not a get out of jail free card for any kind of bad behavior she can dream up. Like it isn't. And that doesn't mean like you have to do all the bending and shifting in this dynamic. Maybe you guys meet for happy hour every Tuesday or Sunday Manny pedis, rain or shine. See what she comes up with, put the ball in her court because if she doesn't come up with anything, that's kind of your answer and that's a really crucial data point. People will go out of their way to avoid having to tell someone they just don't care anymore, whether it's a boyfriend or whether it's a best friend. So see how she handles this because if she doesn't really do much to right the ship, you are allowed to release her with love and to move on to find friends who will actually prioritize you equally. So Katie has a question about her friend and she's like, no, seriously, I really am asking for a friend. (laughs) She's like, I'm kind of looking for you to set her straight challenge. So her coworker invited her to spend the weekend with him at a resort hotel. He's a private person, no social media, and there's rumors that he's married. He said before that he wears a fake wedding ring sometimes so women won't hit on on him. So suspicious, right? Like so suspicious. So basically how should my friend go about finding out if he's married or not? I personally think this is all like super sketchy and I would love to hear your sound advice because I think this has red flag written all over it. And I want to be a non-judgmental friend to her. So call me old fashioned, but I think the way to find out if someone is married is to ask them. Has she asked him? Seems pretty simple. I mean, she could do something like insisting on coming over to his house. Like, if he won't let her, there you go. But also, if she feels not comfortable enough to ask a guy who's trying to get her to a private location, far away from anyone she knows, so he can have a bunch of sex with her. If, like, he's asking for access to her body and to, like, a private place where he could murder her if he wants... She's allowed to ask, oh, hey, by the way, do you have a goddamn wife? And if she doesn't feel comfortable, that's a red flag. Then she should not be spending time alone with this person. Like, girls, come on. Like, married men really are not as slick as they think they are. It's pretty easy to catch them and and trip them up. She could also ask HR at her company. But you know what? She shouldn't be dating a coworker anyway. And more than that, no, she needs to cowboy the fuck up and just ask her boyfriend if he has a wife. I mean, come on. She also, though, isn't asking because she probably doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to know. Dating married men is a symptom of a larger self-esteem issue, you know, and that is not something that you can fix for her. And you can set her straight without being judgmental. Tell her what you truly feel. This is the script here. I'm worried you're getting involved with someone who is not only a dead end, he fundamentally does not respect women. Because let's face it, a man who takes a mistress on vacation and, you know, doesn't that he clearly doesn't hold her or his wife in very high regard. I think you deserve better than this and I really hope you realize you do too. And if you don't think you do, then let's talk about that. I want you the way I want you to see yourself the way I do, a queen and a bad bitch. Also, like can we talk about the fact that guys don't wear fake wedding rings? Guys don't wear fake wedding rings, okay? I've never met a straight man on planet earth who's like Oh no, I just get too much female attention. It's just, it's more than I can handle. Are you, who in the hell is he trying to fool? He is a liar. He is a liar. Oh no, I'm just, I'm drowning in pussy. I can't, I can't handle all this. Okay, dude. Okay. All right. So look, I've watched a friend years ago date a married dude. I get it. It's, it's a hard situation to watch, but like I said, that's their battle to fight. So if it annoys you a lot, you have the right to say, you know what? I don't want to hear about him. This hurts me to watch you do this. And you're just going to have to talk to someone else about it. Maybe she needs to feel a little consequences for her friends so that it will spare her larger, con- larger consequences from this guy in the future. So Liana's got a problem with another bitch. So she said, my boyfriend and I live together. The other day we ran into a girl from college in our building. Turns out she was moving into the... It took my boyfriend 15 minutes to finally introduce me while we were all talking. And she was really cold towards me, probably because she's friends with a girl who hates me. And also she's a model, so she's really pretty. And my boyfriend was like so excited to have an old classmate living in the same building because he moved here for me and he doesn't know that many people. I don't want to isolate him, but I also got really bad vibes from this girl and I don't want him hanging out with her alone. Also, like they were never super close, so it's not like I'm keeping him away from his ex best friend. How should I approach this? (laughs) Yes, well, you're right to be listening to your intuition because this chick does sound like a snake and your boyfriend is not helping. 15 minutes to introduce you, oh my God, I would be fuming. I'd be fuming, I'd push him off the balcony. But I'm also of the mindset that nothing can keep a man from cheating if he wants to, you know? And I don't wanna be someone's emotional parole officer like hovering over them, what are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you going? Ugh, I've got my own life, you know? However, I also don't wanna permit and thusly promote an environment where a bitch feels like it's okay to be an interloper in my relationship. It's up to a guy though to establish those boundaries, you know, so I would have a talk with him And again, do it during a neutral time. I feel like this podcast, we've talked a lot about like confrontations, but that's okay. Sometimes patterns reveal themselves. So yeah, do it during a neutral time. Not like after you've seen her and you're all gassed up about it. And basically say what you told me. This is the script. I want you to make friends and have a great social life, but this girl has shady motives. Call it intuition, call it whatever you want, but I see what I see. And she does not have respect for our relationship, but you do, right? Therefore, I would like you to keep a healthy distance from her, out of respect for me. And if you don't, then I'll assume that you don't have a lot of respect for me. And then we can start having different kinds of conversations. Because look, a relationship is not always going to be 100% understanding what your partner wants or needs. It isn't. It's about respecting it anyway. My boyfriend needs to talk to me before he goes to sleep. I personally like do not care, but I do it anyway because it's important to him and I respect his needs. And conversely, there's things that I'm like, I need this. And he's like, all right, that's a relationship. That's a compromise. And if you don't have that basic respect in a relationship, like what do you have? You know? So really focus on not, not like this girl, but more how your boyfriend reacts to all this. If he gaslights you, you're being crazy, you're just jealous, he's fine, then this isn't about the girl at all. She is a symptom of a larger issue of respect and transparency, and that's what you need to be focusing on. So last but not least, we have a question from Jess. And I know you guys are going to get this. I know this is going to resonate with you because it resonated with me. So she said, I suspect, Shallon, you will say do not bother in big capital letters. But I wanted to reach out to my fuckboy, Hurt Locker, who is still currently like the fantasy love of my life. Oh, my God. Who once considered dating me. He considered it such a jerk. I don't want to call him out on being a dick. He's had plenty of girls do that. I want to explain to him why I saw him the way I did. His aspirations, his dream pursuits, and why I was wrong. I projected depth onto him, all of these things. And you know the subtext of all of this. Obviously, I want him to want me back, like so desperately. I'm not lying to myself. I want to make him see me. I want him to get to know me and show me his true self. The whole thing just hurts. Should I reach out to him? Uh, no you should not. You you were right. Do not bother is yes, correct. Exactly what I'm going to say. So if you guys are new to this podcast, you might not have heard the term Hurt Locker before. Hurt Locker is the name I give to people in whom we store our hurts, our ego deficiencies, the wounds of our self-identity. It's like a guy who you can't get over and it's... It usually isn't someone you dated for a very long time. In fact, the less you dated them, the more obsessed you probably are because you know, they exist in fantasy and fantasies are perfect. You don't have the data points to be like, no, he's like a nightmare and whatever, I'm over it. A hurt locker is someone that your ego imprints on during a weak time in your life. Like one of my big hurt lockers I met when my marriage had just ended and he was super young. He just graduated from college and I was like, I'm obsessed with you and I was obsessed with him. I mean, he was actually like incredibly whateverish. He's he was great, he was fine, but it did not deserve like 3 years of obsession, fine. You know what I mean? And I was obsessed with him partly because of what he represented. He represented a fresh start in my life, like to just do things over again. Hey, I could go back to being 22 also. We're going to start over and is also the aspect of aspiration. He had all of these qualities I wanted for myself. And this is what makes a heart Locker. It's not always someone you wanna date, it's someone you wanna be. And so this is what Jess was saying, you know, he was, his aspirations, his dreams, like that's what she latched onto because she wanted that for herself. My previous heart Locker was a professional hockey player. And like, I was obsessed with him because I wanted to be Him, it sounds so weird and twisted, but when you start looking at your obsessive crushes from that filter, you're like, oh my God. Like women, we don't know how to admire a guy. You know what I mean? We can admire a woman and it manifests a lot of times as jealousy. But when we admire a guy, it manifests as love. And more than just love, obsession. So that's what Jess is dealing with. That's a hurt locker. So no, don't reach out. And that's not just me saying this, it's your intuition and common sense. You're just giving it the name of Shallon. Shallon Shallon's gonna tell me not to do this. You can name your gut instinct Shallon if you want to. That's great, I love it. From a vain point of view, I love it. But deep down, you know that this is a terrible, terrible idea. Think of it like you're on a diet, you know? You've been working to lose weight, you're doing all the right things, you're understanding why you used to overeat and pick the bad foods. (laughs) If this is like saying to yourself, I'm just going to go buy a cake. I'm just, I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to keep it on the counter and sniff it to prove to myself that I don't want it. Like, come on. Number one, lies. Number two, why even do that to yourself? If the answer is you're pulling yourself towards misery, then you need to recognize that is a choice. You are actively choosing to be this miserable and stay this stuck. Why? No, not because you want them to like you. No. He's a symptom of a larger issue. Ask yourself literally, why am I choosing this chaos? It's time to lean into that and move through it, not backwards. Because look, this is the reality. He doesn't like you. He will never be your yes. Why? Who knows? Who the hell knows? It's not fair and it sucks, but it's also unfair and sucky that a dog can't talk. But that's the reality. I don't twist myself into a knot begging a cock or spaniel to answer me when I ask it what time it is. It is what it is and i walk in the light of that truth and more importantly i don't take it personally it's not a reflection of me that a golden retriever will never debate politics with me it just is and also you're gonna look insane if you reach out and tell him all this like insane he doesn't want to see you he doesn't care you're appealing to emotions he simply does not have. You can't get blood from a turnip, as my mama always says. And when we can't get the guy, we have to at least hold on to our pride and our dignity and focus on finding a guy who does care. Because when we act like we want closure, we need to know that like we can't get closure from the person who hurt us. That's the whole point. If they were communicative and mature enough to tell us what we needed to hear, we wouldn't be in this position. We wouldn't be so twisted about it. They wouldn't have even let us down this path. You deserve better. We all deserve better. And when we actually choose that, when we realize that we deserve better, we're gonna find it. The the key to being a hot girl is simply deciding that you are one. And the key to having a healthy relationship is simply deciding that you're going to. That's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Like I said, if you want to talk to me about any little thing going on in your life, head to my website, shallonlester.com and click get help to get connected. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at shallonxo and head to YouTube for four new videos a week. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast?